Get ready to move from ordinary to extraordinary, natural to supernatural, with Radical Change Ministries. Let's carry on in the kingdom of God. Say, the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. That is where I am right now. That is where I'm standing right now. Why? By choice. By choice, you choose. So, you know, I'm doing the Kingdom of God series, and this morning is all about the law. <gasps> the law. The law. When you hear the word law, you go, I don't want to hear the law. And that's a wrong perception that we have about the law. Because we were indoctrinated negatively about the law. I will explain to you now what God says in His Word about the law. Yes, Jesus came to fulfill the law, but there are still laws and principles, right? There are still, still statues in this kingdom. Remember, we have, a, we have authority in the kingdom, number one. We have government in this kingdom. We have citizenship in this kingdom. We have constitution in this kingdom. Next comes the law. Why the law? Another word for the law that, that God puts in here is direction and instruction. Right? We all need direction sometimes. Oh, I'm the only one. Right? We all need direction sometimes. We all need instruction sometimes. Right? That is the law. Why? Because God loves us. In a kingdom, the king's aspirations and desires for his citizens are made known in his constitution, as we saw last week. His aspirations and his desires. Law is produced to protect that constitution. We learned yes, last week that the constitution is God's desires for who? For his citizens. Right, so now we have this constitution laid out on paper, it's on the table. The law is produced to protect the constitution. When something needs to protect God's word and to secure the rights of the citizens, say secure, and to, and to what the constitution promises. We have a right in, this on, in the constitution, right? No human society can survive without the law. We know that. We've seen it. There has to be principles. There has to be direction in place. There has to be laws in place, right? Otherwise, chaos. Chaos. What happened? What happened? How was the world before God formed it? It was in chaos. It was darkness. And God came to bring order. How? Set boundaries. To set boundaries. The sea will be at the sea. There will be land. There will be fish in the sea. There will be birds in the air. There's boundaries, right? Laws protect public safety and decency and preserve the moral order. 
So law is a good thing, right? Laws enforce and protect the standards by which the kingdom operates. Now we know God has a spirit of excellence. He operates with a high standard, right? The law protects that standard. The Bible, the kingdom of heaven's constitution, establishes the standards for life in the kingdom. That's a standard. And it also lays out the penalties for non-compliance. There's a consequence to sin. No, I can sin. No worries. There's grace. Grace will cover me. I can sin like till kingdom comes. <laughs> no. Grace is not a ticket to sin. I'll speak about grace later. But there's consequences to our actions, right? Yes. If you drink a bottle of whiskey, you're not going to walk straight. Right? If you drink a few tequilas, you're going to shout, Arriba, 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 Andre, Andre, Andre. Right? No inhibitions. Hallelujah. We often think of laws as unpleasant and an inconvenient demand that restricts my freedom. Oh no, the, the, they've now put this law in place, now I'm restricted. That is of the world. God's laws is the opposite. In reality, laws are designed to free us to pursue unlimited options by providing a what? A safe environment where we can live in peace, security, and confidence. That's what God wants for us, to live in peace, security, and confidence. Amen? In the kingdom. Are we getting this? Are you, are you, are you shifting your mind from, oh, the law is bad, to the law wants to help me. The kingdom of God's law wants to help me, wants to protect me, wants to guide me, wants to show me direction, wants to set boundaries. Are you, are you doing that mind shift? That is what the Holy Spirit wants to tell us about the law, about God's law, the, king, the law of the kingdom. Let's go to David. Oh no, man, there's no book like David. Oh, sorry, Psalms. Gotcha. <laughs> Let's go to Psalms 19 from verse 7. And here David understood. Now we all know David's story, some of us. David sinned, but yet he glorified God. He glorified the Father. Right? He made bad mistakes. Who of us did not make bad mistakes? Who of us can, can say, you, can, you throw the first stone if you want to judge this person? You that is without sin, come, throw that rock. Right? Verse 7. The law 
of the Lord is perfect. David knew this. And thank you, Holy Spirit. This is before Jesus came. Why? Jesus came to fulfill the law. Right? But this is before Jesus. And David knew that his law is perfect. It's not a negative thing. It's not detrimental to our bodies or to our health or to our finances. It is perfect. The law of the Lord is perfect. Restoring the whole person. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Making wise the simple. That means making wise us simple people. It makes us wise. Gives us wisdom. The law. Verse 8. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure and bright, enlightening the eyes. Are we seeing what David is saying here? The laws are bad. The law is good. Rejoicing the heart. So we should say, thank you, Lord, for the laws. Thank you for your statutes, for your precepts, for your guidance. Right? Verse 9. The reverent fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Verse 10. More to be desired are they than gold. We should desire the law more than riches. Yes? Even than much fine gold. They are sweeter also than honey and drippings from the honeycomb. Verse 11. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. David. David is reminded. He is illuminated. He is instructed. We are instructed. And in keeping them, there is great there is great reward. Do you see the heart of the Father here? He wants to guide us into a healthy living. He wants to give us great reward. We as fathers and mothers and parents, we do the same with our children when we bring them up. We direct, we instruct, right? Imagine you leave your children you do what you want. Mayhem. Chaos. Right? Because we love them. Because we as parents, as the Father, love us, His citizens of His kingdom. He directs and instructs. Right? So forget about the law as this negative thing. I want to say law equals love. Right? God's law equals love. It's because of His intentions and His desires in the Constitution, His love for us, that He provides the laws to protect the Constitution. Are we getting this? Are you getting this? I hope you're getting this. Hallelujah. Say amen. Say, I'm getting this now. If you allow it, the law of the Lord will nourish us thoroughly. 
body, soul, and spirit. If you allow the, the, the word of the Lord, that's why in Matthew 4, 4, let's go to Matthew, where Jesus says, and Jesus said to them, he replied, it has been written. And he spoke to the devil here. He says, it's written. It's done. It's a done deal. It's what? It's in the Constitution. <laughs> it is written. Devil, you can't come. Thank you. You can't come and change the Constitution. No. Devil, you can't come and change the law. No. Right? Is the lights coming up? So if the devil wants to come and lie to you, you chase him away because he's a father of lies. Right? What does the devil tell you? No, you're not good enough. You will not make it. You're a poor mother. You're a poor father. You're a poor person. Look what you're doing. That's a lie from Satan. A lie from the devil. A lie. When you hear that, you must recognize it's the devil speaking to you. And you chase him away in Jesus' name. Because he wants to come and attack us with his demonic workings. Right? He wants to come and tell us that we are losers. We will never be someone or be, be something. We will never leave an inheritance. And by the way, inheritance is not only monetary. It's not only money. We saw a program on TV accidentally about Sequel um, O'Neill. He's a basketball player in America. And it was a documentary about him, how he grew up and how his stepfather pushed him and encouraged him to do greater things. And today he's not playing anymore. He has retired. But he had a great career. And he had a great impact on other children in his life. And even more now, after he has retired playing um, NBA and, and, and basketball. Sorry, basketball, not baseball. Did I say baseball? It's basketball that he plays, you know? Or they go like this, too. <laughs> With their hands. And in America, there's clubs, boys and girls clubs, where boys and girls go to that can't go to school. Or there's not a school in the area. It's destitute children. And he used to go to these clubs when he was little. And how these people in these clubs, these God people, help them, help the children, um, express their creative ideas and the creativity in them. They played sports, they did academics, and they did all sorts of things to get these children out of their destitute places and places of poverty and drugs and violence and stuff like that. So now after his retirement, he said, I'm going to build a boys and girls club. And he did. A massive place he built. Every year he goes to, to some of the boys and clubs in the, in the world or in America to bring them presents. He nearly wipes out Walmart. 
They close Walmart when he goes shopping. And they spoke to his mother and and one person, one person made such a deep impact. Did he go through trials and tribulations when he was younger and going through school? Yes. His stepfather was in the military. Then they're in America. Then they're in Germany for four years. And when he was 14, he was wearing a size 17. He was a huge man. He's still huge. Well, he is. And even as a boy, the coaches came to him and said, but how old are you? 14, 14 sir. And yet he stayed humble. He left his leaving, not left, he's leaving an in inheritance of love, of compassion. He doesn't give money into the, he doesn't give hundred dollars into, into the children's hands. Because can they handle hundred dollars? No. He gives them what they need. Wow, I'm going off the track here. But that's all right. He gives them what they need. God will give you what you need where you are now. Five amens. God will give you what you need where you are right now. He gave them joy. Sequel. He gave him happiness. Because why? Because he got it when he was a children in that same club or clubs. And the word says we should leave an inheritance to our children and our children's children and the third generation and fourth generation. It will keep on keeping on. Amen? Don't we want to leave a good inheritance for our children and grandchildren and hey? It's like that song, I'm a nobody, and I want to tell everybody about Jesus. Because He is the one. He is the one. Only Him. Through the Father, and then the Father sent us the precious Holy Spirit to speak to us right here, right now, and to you where you're watching from. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's quickly look at some seven principles of the law. So do you see now that the law is good? God's law is good? Do we, do we, we get it now? Law, God's law is good. In His law is love. Love equals, or law equals what? Law equals? Love. The first principle of the law, all creation was designed to function by inherent, inherent principles. What does inherent mean? It means built in. Inherent. Do you believe that God created you and me? I believe it. Mm. It means built in. It's existing from the beginning. Number two, 
These principles are called natural law. Natural law. Natural law has to do with laws concerning the nature of things. What is the nature of God? The nature of things. The nature of God is in you and me. Oh, yes. Amen? Birds in the air, you don't have to go, you don't have to go and teach a bird how to fly. Right? It flies by inherent characteristics. You don't have to teach a fish how to swim. I hope not. Right? Natural law. Number three, natural law is a standard for effective functioning. How do we function? Of everything that God has created. A, few, a month or two ago, we spoke about the function. You call me a pastor. What is the function that I operate in? You call Pastor Renata prophet. What is the function that she operates in? What is the function that you and me operate in? Our functions. Doesn't matter about the title. Doesn't matter about the title. The title is Zilz. The title points to the function. If you call doctor a doctor, you call him to his function. He must fix you. Pull a tooth. Fix a leg. Whatever, right? Natural law. Again, if birds follow the natural law, they live and produce. If plants follow the laws of nature, they grow and produce fruit. God built these laws into nature. And as long as plants and animals follow these laws, or those laws, they will prosper and flourish, right? Violation to the natural laws, on the other hand, leads to dysfunction. Dysfunction. Violation to the natural law. Number four. Laws are the key to successful existence and the guarantee of fulfillment of purpose. Right? When you're, in a, when you're doing a course or in Bible school, Bible college, there is laws that you have to follow. You have to study to write the test, to pass the test. It's a principle. It's a law. Right? If you want to get good in your field of expertise, you have to study. You have to read. Obedience to the laws promotes prosperity and ensures success. Obedience to the laws produces success and prosperity. Number five, laws protect purpose. Like the law protects the constitution, the law protects our purpose. Stay in your boundary. St stay, st just stay there. Amen? It protects our purpose. Number six. The purpose of law is to protect the constitutional covenant. I've said that. I'm jumping ahead. The kingdom of heaven 
in the kingdom of heaven. We are in the kingdom of heaven, right? The laws of God are designed to protect and ensure the fulfillment of all terms of the covenant that God has with His creation. Because God's covenant with man is unilateral, meaning that we enter freely into the covenant with God. He has already established the covenant, right? That means He alone can swear faithfulness to His covenant because He is the covenant. He has established the covenant. We entered into the, into the agreement of this covenant but that has been established. So who can swear to this covenant? Not us. He. How? How can you say that, Pastor? Not allowed to swear. Hmm. I don't mean curse. <laughs> Let's go to Hebrews 6. Hebrews 6 verse 13. For when God made His promise to Abraham... You see where it comes from? It comes from the Father. It comes from God. He, God, swore by Himself. No. God is true to His own word. That's what it means. He's faithful to His own word. God cannot lie. Right? Since he had no one greater by whom to swear. There's no one greater than God. There's no one greater. God is the ultimate authority. So who must he swear to? And who must he, must he do an oath to? To himself. He honors his word. Are we getting this? Verse 14. Saying, Blessing, I certainly will bless you. To Abraham. And multiplying... I will multiply you. Verse 15. And so it was that he, Abraham, having waited long and endured patiently, realized and obtained in the birth of Isaac, as a pledge of what was to come, what God had promised him. Abraham got, got what God promised him. Verse 16. Men indeed swear by a greater than themselves. We also do oaths, the doctors and the lawyers and the IT personnel, we do oh sometimes. I will help you. I will do my best to, to help you. Um, I will not hurt you. I will do my best not to hurt you. Basically, the oath is probably this long. <laughs> right? Men indeed swear by a greater than themselves, and with them in all disputes, the oath taken for confirmation is final. So often we hear in movies, when I mean, they speak to doctors, but you made an oath. You made an oath, lawyer, advocate, judge, you made an oath. Verse 17, According, accordingly, God also, in his desire to show more convincing, convincingly and beyond doubt to those who were to inherit the promise, the unchangeableness of his purpose and plan, he intervened with an oath. God put everything with His oath into place. Our destiny, our purpose, to love us, to protect us, to guide us, to instruct us. Amen. Amen. I'm speaking Hebrew. 
Amen. It sounds like Afrikaans. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Lord. And lastly, the laws, number seven, the laws are the condition of covenant. It's the conditions of the covenant. The laws is the terms, the TNCs, the terms and conditions of the covenant. They are the terms under which, if followed, the covenant will operate. If we follow, follow, follow the law, if we follow the law, the covenant will operate. Are we getting this? Nearly done. Say, I'm awake. I'm awake. I'm getting this. I'm getting this. Hallelujah. Virtually everything we buy these days comes with a covenant. So if we buy stuff, there's a TNCs. There's a covenant. There's a terms to that heater or to that toaster that we buy. What does covenant mean or what does a terms mean? Warranty. Oh, warranty. The manufacturer guarantees that if the product is used in accordance with the specified terms and conditions of operation or function, it will perform as designed. If you go with a toaster and you go, this thing doesn't want to work, will it last long? No. It will malfunction. It's not designed to be pushed in and out, in and out, hundred times in one minute. <laughs> right? Are, we, are, we, are you getting this to put back to your own life, our function, our design by God, where we stand in the Constitution, in the law? Our function. If those terms and conditions are violated, the warranty or the covenant is nullified. Nullified. That thing will not work anymore. And if a product then malfunctions, the manufacturer is free of responsibility. If you drive your vehicle 200 k an hour every day, that engine of the 1300 Toyota is not going to last. You're going to break it. And then Toyota, South Africa, is going to say, sorry, you have violated the terms and conditions of how to use this engine or vehicle. The same with our bodies and our minds and our intellect, our, our spirit. If we violate ourselves, we will not function for very long. Who have seen that? If you violate your body with sin and stuff, your body doesn't last long. Right? Thank you, Jesus, that you are bringing an enlightenment in our minds this morning. It's the same in God's kingdom. In closing, I'm saying this. The king's covenant with us specifies blessing and benefits for compliance as well as consequences and penalties for non-compliance. There is a penalty, penalty to sin, Right? But there's blessings and benefits if we comply with the covenant. As long as we observe the conditions of the covenant, the Bible, the written word, all blessings and benefits of the covenant are operative in our lives. 
How often have we, have we said this or seen this? Oh, but that person is blessed. But look at that person. Look, look how great they're doing. Look at that guy. He's always happy. Always cheerful. <laughs> right? We see the blessings of God in people's lives. That is the evidence of that person following the Constitution. He operates in his function. Right? That person runs the comrades every year for 10 years in a row. Does he put 20 packets of cigarettes in his body every day? This side. Does that guy put 10 packets or 2 packets of cigarettes in his body every day if he runs a comrades 10 years in a row? No, no, no. Ah, ah, ah. He's not violating his own body. Why? Because he knows he has a purpose. I want to do this. I can't violate my body if I want to accomplish my purpose, my destiny. I want to win the comrades. I want to be the greatest salesman that this company has ever seen. I want, to best, I want to be the best business person that this town or city has ever seen. Right? Do we apply the terms and conditions of the covenant, the Word of God, in our bodies, in our lives, spiritually, emotionally, physically? Hallelujah. 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 In, in, in last closing, in closing, closing, I just want to give honor to God. Even though He has His grace, His covenant in place, Yet He still brings His grace to us. And He pours His grace upon us. He pours His, His mercies upon us. Even though the covenant is in place, the constitution is in place, and yet we do not follow the constitution. We violate our bodies, our souls, our spirit. He still comes and stands here and stands there and says, My grace is sufficient for you. Hey? My grace is sufficient for you. Come to me. I will show you wonderful things. I'll come to me, God says. This is for someone. Come to me, he says. I will show you your purpose and your destiny. He says, just come to me. I've always been here. I've been faithful. You've been running around like a chick headless chicken. Yet I'm still here. God says, I'm waiting for you. Why? Not to punish you, but to give you my ordinances, my constitution, my love, my grace, my direction, my boundaries.
That's what I want to give to you. So Lord, with our eyes closed right now, I pray this. If you are sitting here or are listening to me right now over the airwaves, and you have never said, Jesus, be my Lord, be my Savior. If you have never given your heart and your life to God, to Jesus, I want you to raise your hand. If you're watching online, raise your hand high. Raise it high. If you are sitting here in this place this morning, and you say, Lord, I want to rededicate my life. I've once given my life to God. I've once given my life to Jesus, to you, Lord. But I went backwards. I went back to the world. And if you are saying, Lord, I'm sick of the world. I cannot live in the world. I want to rededicate my life to you, Jesus. If it's you this morning, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Say, Lord, here I am. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now, He is speaking to us. He's speaking to you right now. And He says, come. Those who have raised their hands, who have raised their hands, please come to the front. I just want to pray for you quickly. Please come. Please come. Don't let this opportunity go by. Do not let this opportunity go by. You can go out of this place tonight or, or this morning. And God forbid something terrible might happen to you and you have not given your life to God. Where do you go? Where do we go? And God says, Jesus says, my grace is sufficient for you. I've died for you. I've been risen for you. To give you all in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. If it's you saying this right now over the airwaves, I want you to say this after me. Lord Jesus, everybody. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Come reveal yourself to me. Lord Jesus, I give my life over to you. Everything. Everything. Come into my heart, Lord. Fill me afresh with your fire. Lord Jesus, I believe in your blood. I believe that your body was broken for me to give me life and life in abundance. Thank you, Holy Spirit that you come into my life right now. And as you enter my body and my spirit, every other spirit must go in the name of Jesus. The only spirit that is welcome in my body 
and in my mind is the Holy Spirit of God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Fill me right now with your fire. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for tuning into Radical Change Ministries. Subscribe for more.